Invest time in your craft, get good at what you do, practice, but definitely figure out who you are. This is probably a cliche, but like if you don't know who you are, someone else will tell you who you should be. That'll, that will, will happen, 100%. All right, all right. What's up, bro? What's up, dude? Great to be here Good right to see now. you, man. Thanks for coming out. Thank you for having me. Oh, my God, dude. It's been a minute since... Um, I mean, you came out to Masterclass recently to, yeah. to the office. That was cool. But, bro, I um, I remember when we met. Uh, it was like a year and a half ago. and uh, Downtown so LA. Was at a church. Yeah, downtown LA. Yeah. Yeah, dude. You were just, you know, this cool musician, dude. And I was like, I got to talk to that guy. You know, you were wearing something really interesting. That's funny because I felt the same way. Because you had a Drew beanie on, and it was like, the day after it dropped, I was like, how did you get that? And you hit me with the cryptic, I, one, I'm a friend of mine, gave it to me, and I was like, this guy's got to be friends with Justin Bieber. <laughs> Cannot confirm or deny. Okay, very cool. Very, very cool. <laughs> That's funny, dude. Yeah, I um, yeah, I remember when we met, kind of uh, talked about your story and the things you were doing. Mm-hmm. You're, uh, I think you're currently transitioning out of, or you're kind of like in a in-between phase between, you know, the last project or you were just figuring out the next project. Yeah, I was definitely in a transitional period of trying to figure out what I was going to do next. Um, Cause I just finished up the band maybe like a year, year and a half prior. Mm-hmm. Um, and i tried a few things, tried to be just a songwriter and start a production duo. And we just ended up developing our own sound. And so that I was right when we were doing that downtown campus for mm-hmm. church, mm-hmm. I, that's kind of when I started getting hints and signs that like, this is what I should, I should lean into this yeah, a little bit more. It was kind of, it was kind of an urge. Yeah. So before we kind of get into anything, my guy, Matt here, Matt Reezy is what they call him. Yeah. Is that what they call you? <laughs> that's, they are people they call, call me that. Yeah. <laughs> what else do they call you? Uh, Checha. Chechi, my man Chechi, yeah, over here, yeah. Um, Only my Mexican homies call me Chechi. I, I can't do that then. No, you totally can, bro. Can I? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right, just keep it's deal. cool. It's for Che Chido. Che. I'm from Argentina, che. and we say Che, 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 C H E, like Che Guevara. Uh huh. Che Guevara. He got that I'm name for being Argentine. I'm basically Mexican. Okay. Yeah. You kind of look like a it. A little bit. Yeah. Maybe a little bit. I literally only hang out with Mexican guys. <laughs> All right, we're good then. That's my family. <laughs> Let's get it. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, my guy Matt, extremely talented musician, uh, producer, just an overall dope dude. And um, I just kind of wanted him to be on the show today to talk about his story a little bit. Um, he is he has a crazy past in the sense of uh, experiences he's been through with um, a lot of stuff actually, music, touring. <laughs> um, I like that you like grin as you say that. <laughs> <laughs> You know, he knows what I'm talking about, uh, but it's all cool because it's all it's all a part of the story. And um, I think it's cool when our story, when we can be honest and raw about kind of where we came from. And I think every part of our story is dope. Honestly, yeah. I think like most people don't share a lot of the stuff like people don't share the parts of your story that are like the great scenes in a movie dude they keep those out the the, the dramatic scenes right yeah dude if you're the main character like you want those scenes got to be told that's, that's what the makes only, the story yeah, interesting that's the only reason why we watch movies anymore, that's right right for the trauma exactly <laughs> the trauma and the drama yeah um but bro i kind of want to hear um when you got started in in music like maybe you can lead us before you came to la kind of like how you guys started before LA. Mm-hmm. Um, I'd love to hear kind of that, that whole thing. Uh, well, pre LA, uh, I'm originally from Argentina. 
Uh, moved to the States in 2000. Um, I've always kind of been into creative things. Um, I started a clothing company when I was 17, just pushing t-shirts in high school. It's when everybody was wearing Abercrombie and oh Fitch God, and Hollister. Dude, I couldn't stand those people. Every day there's like <laughs> three, four kids wearing the same shirt. And oh it started to really get to me when I wore a shirt that like four or five other kids were wearing. I was like, I need I to make my own I can't do stuff. this anymore. Yeah, yeah, yeah this is sure. too much. For sure. So that was kind of my, my first thing. Um, and I did that into college and made shirts for frats and sororities. It's pretty easy. Easy Look beer at money you, at that point. Look at you, bro. <laughs> yeah. Business entrepreneur. Every and I would put the name on the back so like everyone's walking around free promotion. Dude, that's dope. Yeah. Yeah, that was young me. Um, but I've been making music uh just for fun with homies in high school. One mm -hmm. of my friends, B Smooth, had a studio in his basement. So that was kind of it was his thing and I was just there, you know, for fun as his hype man, sort of say. And nice. then in college, I had a few homies who were like making music in, in our college town in Greeley. And uh, I would film them. And so I started doing kind of vlogs of what we would do in setups for shows, the after parties, the selling merch and all that stuff. And then I, in college, I tried, I tried out for the theater program. So nice. I've always wanted to be an actor. Um, and my parents have always told me, you need to be an actor. You need to be an what, actor. Your parents were? My parents, yeah. Wow. Yeah, they, that immigrant dream, bro. Dang, you know? dude. That's <laughs> yeah. cool, dude. So I tried out for the theater program, got denied, <sighs> and I was so mad. And I told my <laughs> dad. Like, what am I going to do? All right, what am I going to do now? <laughs> I'm in business school and not in theater? Nah, dude. So my dad told me that if, he said, if you got the balls to go for this, then you need to drop out and move to LA and go be Brad Pitt. Oh, snap, dude. Yeah. Call My dad out. said that straight up. So I did, I was like, say less. I'll drop out <laughs> right now. I hate school. Yeah, Perfect. exactly. I was only there studying business because I had gotten accepted with that clothing line into FIT yeah. in New York. Okay. But it, it was insanely expensive. And so he said, get a business degree. If you still want to do fashion, then I'll pay for you to go there. Dang. Dope. Say less. I go to school anyways. So when he said drop out, all right. That's perfect. I don't even want to be here. Yeah. You know? Yeah. You can't fire me. I quit. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, I also, yeah, I was probably going to flunk out pretty soon. Dang. Um, so I moved back to my parents' house in Aurora, uh, worked a few jobs, saving up money, and then just drove out here uh, to LA just by myself. Uh, didn't know anybody. Just won it. Just thought God will provide what did you think when you drove into the city? Uh, what, what went through your head? I was like, wow, I'm pretty close to being famous. <laughs> Little <laughs> did I know what that actually one meant. One week later. Yeah, one week later, I'm homeless. Yeah. <laughs> no, it took about three months for me to be in my car thinking, do I drive back or do I so just... So you lived like in your car for three weeks? No, um, I actually only had to live in my car for like 18 hours. Bro, that's luxury compared to compared to a lifetime compared to a lifetime of people yeah yeah, yeah. um no it was a, it was a few things that led me up to there but i knew that i was in the right place because i had made a decision based on what felt like I, I was deviating way too far from the path that i knew i should have been on before before you came to la uh, I was starting to, to stumble okay, got it. before coming out here. Got and it, then it. when I came out here, it was like, if I want to be successful in LA, my life has to consist of X, Y, and Z. All these things. <clears throat> yeah, that 
all the you know legendary rock stars have everything you see in on. movies exactly uh that's not right kids <laughs> don't do drugs it's <laughs> <That's> not the <laughs> way um no it it wasn't anything like too serious i wasn't you how know, old were you like 20 dang dude yeah coming yeah, out here by yourself old. 20 years old it's dangerous dreamer dreamer that, <laughs> that immigrant mentality bro bro but that's that's swinging. man that's that's dope though because you followed your gut in a sense too right like you came out here you had support from your family which is huge i feel like a lot of people don't have that yeah you know even even if they weren't supporting maybe financially sometimes you know they don't but even just like the fact that they're like go do it yeah and we'll be well, that, there for you that's always been my dad's thing is like if you're gonna if you're gonna do something then just like do it all the way so full you don't it. yeah just don't leave anything on the table you know um it's full send all the way let's go um let's go man so yeah he definitely encouraged me they didn't really know how much i was like straying obviously you're not gonna tell your you parents you gotta keep it on the yeah. dl dude you, hey you mom know? i've been partying for like a week straight what do i do <laughs> you know <laughs> how do i get out of here yeah can you send help um <laughs> i probably should have done that at some point um now we're good mom yeah i'm actually you know everything's great it's amazing yeah. yeah got an apartment now yeah no i was on set almost every day doing background work at one point um so i was kind of showing them that yeah you know yeah so when you came to la right was that before less five or that was that after i'm so i moved to la and then like a year later because so you were we okay started. you were 20 you just moved in mm-hmm. you're trying to do your thing trying to figure it out meeting people yeah trying to try out this new lifestyle trying to figure out what i could do yep and then what happened with the music thing like what led you into that next season of your life uh so i was I'll touch on this quickly. I was editing video for an, an adult company. Um, as, as you do <laughs> when you come to LA. It was the only job that I it like came across and they're like, can you edit video? I was like, I could edit video. Sure. Dude, I was using iMovie. That's literally, you know, that's my, literally hilarious. I'm not going to ask any more questions. but We'll leave it at that. <laughs> but, uh, you know, a couple, maybe three months into doing that, I was, I was getting paid in cash under the table. Of and, course. You know, just going to vegas often i was like i'm gonna die i think so i need to like quit this job and just like disappear from this group of people dude that's crazy so i ended up in my car on my way to venice because i figured they have bathrooms and showers there i could wake up on the beach you know um and on my way to venice my friend uh jp called me he's like hey i'm driving up from tijuana right now i'm gonna stay at my brother's apartment we're gonna have some friends over tonight do you want to come i was like yeah dude i'll come by and I never left. Dang. And so leading into music, I he was going to Musicians Institute. Okay. So I started hanging out with the musicians. A little bit after I moved in with him, I started going to Stella Adler Theater School across the street from Musicians Institute. Mm-hmm. Um, didn't get along with the actors, so I would go and hang out at MI. And that's kind of how we started our band, Los Five. You yeah. know, it was his thing. It was Juan Pablo, and he would play bar shows at Pig and Whistle terrible place dang dude yeah actually, in the back I, actually, room. I actually haven't been there don't go there the address is 666 hollywood we're going there after this actually <laughs> <laughs> yeah they got killer killer drinks um <laughs> yeah sorry, so we, he uh he needed he, need, he was like i want to do this uh justin bieber song beauty in a beat with Nicki minaj a, a cover yeah he was doing a cover okay cool. and he's like i need somebody to rap and so i did Nicki minaj's part did you know that you could rap at that point kind of because like 
in the in the party scene, something that I would hear often was like, dude, do you rap? And I'd be like, no. Well, you have like a good rap voice. So you're like, dude, I Which have is like random to yeah. tell somebody, yeah. you know? But like in my mind, I was like, well, I guess I could just like lean on the fact that maybe there's like a tone thing that I could do. Damn, you know? dude. Yeah. And you just like, you just took that. I just took it and ran with it. Just like one day, just started rapping. Yeah. Because him and Ish, the guitar player, who's now my, my mm-hmm. uh, business partner, they were writing a song and they want, they wanted a rap verse on the bridge because this was when like a lot of pop musicians were getting rappers on their bridge. This is 2013, like 2012, 2013. Uh, so I was like, dude, I could write something because I've always loved writing, you know, creative writing. School was like my best subject, close to failed everything else. But like English, ironically, being yeah. my second language was like what I loved yeah. to do. I love words. So I just started kind of working and we started playing a high, uh, high school and middle school campaign here in LA, Mm -hmm. um, all through East LA. Um, it was an anti-bullying campaign. And so our whole thing was like, we want to be, let's be a good influence. You know, the good influence that we didn't have or Mm -hmm. whatever. We had this like the whole thing that for a second, it was like this, but kind of Messiah complex. Like we could save the youth. Yeah. You know, you walk into these schools, everyone's just like, (sighs) yeah, it did kind of get to that. We, it, it's kind of crazy in retrospect. Like we had kind of a cult following in LA, which was so awesome because we met everybody playing either at their schools or in the street outside of concerts. And that was like around the time, like Instagram was starting to pop off, right? Mm-hmm. You said it was like 2000. Snapchat. 2010, you said? Uh, no, that this was 2012, 2013. Okay, so around that time, because yeah, because around that time was just like, Twitter and yep. all these platforms start mm-hmm. to really Periscope. blow up. Oh yeah, Periscope. Mm-hmm. Remember, remember that? that? That's crazy, <laughs> dude. It's crazy, bro. Yeah. What was another one? There was another big one. Um, Vine. Vine was great. Was Vine bigger on that time? Do you remember? Yeah. We just never. We couldn't crack Vine. Yeah. We're like it's six seconds is not long enough for a joke. Dude, I can't believe it. That's crazy. Yeah. People made careers off of that. Literally. Insane. Um. So. My, I guess like the crazy thing here is like you guys weren't really popping on social media per se, right? But you At had such all. a cult following, like word of mouth in real life. What was yeah. what was that like? Uh, confusing, big time. Um, cause like shortly after that, we were we started pushing to radio stations with the songs that we had written. Um, you guys had obviously like management, like yeah. At that point. So yeah, we met a manager at some showcase and he ended up getting us a record deal like a couple weeks later at Virgin Records. And the whole thing was like, you guys don't have any followers. And we're like, yeah, but like, come to one of our street performances. You know what I mean? All the kids outside, all the girls Exactly. So we were selling a bunch of merch and it was like, it was like we were a band from the past. You know Hmm, what I mean? Like a nostalgia vibe situation? Kind of, yeah, because it was in real life, you know? Dang. We weren't doing covers on YouTube, which was like the thing to do at that point. Mm -hmm. We didn't want to do covers. We were like, we're only going to write original music. Dang. That's going to be the thing. That's ballsy. I guess maybe it was to our detriment because maybe we should have done all the covers and all that. That's you know? interesting. That's an interesting direction. But, but we were very, had, yeah. Had a lot of success with that, seems like. Yeah. It took, it took, I mean, I guess in the scheme of things, it's like it takes 10 years to be an overnight success is the cliche. Yeah. Um, is it true? I think so. Yeah. Why? Why? Uh, let's see. I've been in LA for nine years. And I feel like I'm like finally zeroing in on what my artistry actually is. Dude, like that's I'm true. like 
almost fully cooked. Hmm. You know what I mean? I see that. Like I just been in the crock pot, dude. Just I could see that, dude. Simmering, dude. That's so true. I mean, I look at many of my friends, and I feel like in our age group, a lot of the people that are doing something right now have already been doing it for like the last nine, ten years. Mm-hmm. So I totally, I mean, yeah. I totally agree with you. I mean, I've been in film for about ten years. Like I did. I remember the other day I did my first commercial about ten years ago. When yeah. I was seventeen. So anticipate. That's crazy. What could what could happen? You Dude, know, it's true. It's so true, man. Once we get out of all the the quarantine and stuff, it's just gonna pop off. It's gonna pop. Off. It's just time, dude. Your timer's about to ring, bro. <laughs> <laughs> bro, yours is already ringing. I hope so. I'm surprised man. I even got you I in here, man. <laughs> <laughs> the only reason I wouldn't come is because it's an hour and a half from my house. <laughs> to be honest, but it was about an hour. Yeah, so. Oh yeah, not bad. So we're good. It's not bad. <laughs> yeah. Um. Yeah. So so lost five. Y'all are doing that thing. Mm-hmm. Got signed. Got dropped. Got dropped. Talk, talk about the dropping. That's just like we actually music asked, industry right yeah, there. We asked to be dropped because the guy who had signed us, um, he ended up getting, uh, we'll call it let go. The from, manager? Yeah. No, the, the president of the label. Oh, okay. Um, you guys were attached to that. Yeah. He was kind of like our only cheerleader in the building, mm. you know? Um, I use that term respectfully cause he did a lot for us. Um, we were there for a year and a half and then he got let go. And when he got let go, we knew instantly it was like radio silence from the label. So we knew we're either going to get stuck here forever or we're going to get dropped. Let's push for getting dropped. Um, cause our contract said something about being able to use any song that we wrote while we were at the label, we'd mm-hmm. be able to use that to manipulate label interest. Mm-hmm. And it's just such a broad term. So it's like, we start thinking, what is manip- what is, what, ca- what manipulates label interest? Well, probably radio play for one. Our manager at the time was like a radio promo dude. Mm-hmm. That was like his bread and butter. That's what he had done his whole life. So that's when we started going to radio and we started playing outside of shows. We played outside of Selena Gomez, Justin Bieber. We that's got crazy. arrested outside of One Direction dude, at the Rose Bowl. That's hilarious. Yeah, I remember we, you, I remember you mentioned that. <laughs> yeah. To talk about that actually. Yeah, we so we got tickets um from Live Nation because we had a friend there. Yeah. Won't say who it was. Got us tickets to go to the show. And if you've ever been to Rose Bowl, it's like the perimeter is like a mile outside of the actual venue because yep. there's so much parking and there's like park space, like grass and all that. Yep. So we go to the show and just before the last song, we're like, let's go get the gear. This was a plan the whole time. So funny, dude. So we run to the car, we run back through the parking lot with our portable amps, battery powered stuff, mic stands, microphones, <laughs> all the mic cables in the backpack. Oh my God, dude. Yeah, we were all dressed in black. That's so and funny. We set up, there was like a blocked off area that was blocked off for a giant sign that said, you know, A parking this way, B parking this mm-hmm. way. And it was right outside the main entrance. So we set up there and I still to this day can't believe that nobody was like, what's nobody up? Nobody stopped you guys? <laughs> yeah, like, what's up with all the equipment, That's you know? That's so funny. They probably well, just thought it was a part of the Yeah, part we of the were show. just so sure, you know? It's like you walk in like you own the place. The doorman's going to be like, I'm not going to question the boss. Right. You know, that was all, that was the, the idea. So we set up and right as the doors open and like the 200,000 people are coming out, we just start playing, Dude, blowing out the speakers as loud as we can. That is hilarious. And so it starts to group around us because people think, oh, this must be part of right, this the is, whatever. It's a part of the you know? experience. This yeah, is amazing. Exactly. Amazing. Yeah. 
Yeah, so it's like, oh, this is kind of like the Latino five seconds of summer. One Direction must be sponsoring them or whatever. That's hilarious. Not the case. Because we made a mess. Like, it blocked the exit. So then it becomes like a fire hazard, like a fire marshal hazard. Because <laughs> there's bro, an issue, you know. That's funny, but I'm telling you, that's like, that's how you hustle out here. Gorilla. You got to do what you got to do. Yeah. Man. In LA, mm-hmm. like, in LA, it's like, if, if you basically, you ask for an apology, you don't ask for permission. You just go and do something. Yeah. And if somebody yells at you, you're like, I'm sorry. Yeah, yeah you definitely do that. ask for forgiveness, not permission. Um, and that was sort of our motto always, you know we'll take the ticket, whatever. Yeah. We'll take, you know, getting arrested. And I don't know, we played for like 15 minutes. So we, maybe we got through like five songs. Yeah. And you got a bunch of people, obviously crowd. Yeah. And we had, we had fans that went to that show that we had told what we were going to do. We had like uh, private Twitter groups where we would tell them what our, you know, guerrilla was marketing was going to be. That's so dope. So we had given them a bunch of stickers prior so we had them, they knew where they were going to go right after the show to hand out our stickers to anybody that was standing around. That's so funny. So it's like a Lowe's 5 sticker with the socials on the back. Got a little merch team. Little, yeah. Uh, what do they call them these days? Street teams. Street teams. We had a street team for Dude. sure. Yeah. And uh, I always wanted one. It didn't take long for the cops to show up. They start unplugging us. We kept playing what? until they like grabbed the guitar, grabbed no the mic. Wait, do you have a video of this? Yeah, it's on YouTube. Oh, we're going oh, to have to put it in the video yeah it's on there yeah that's crazy yeah man crazy times uh and, and like i mean we did so many uh, probably like once or twice a week we were at a show um just gorilla setting up in the street downtown wherever so with that with that group lost five what fast track me to like the you know what, what was the big thing that happened for you guys or the big deciding factor of like we're gonna. We're really gonna try harder. We're actually gonna get you know put more effort into this. Mm-hmm. Or you know what is the next step? Like what was that like from like these smaller kind of like guerrilla styled shows? Yeah. Was there like a next level for you guys? Yes. Um. We made a few friends also uh, at Kiss FM, iHeartRadio, and so we kind of started you know weaseling our way into that world, into like the iHeart world, like the big major media radio yeah. world. Um, and it's all relationships, obviously, right? It's hundred percent in LA, especially. I think a lot of people um, they they try to stay to themselves, but they don't realize that like you have to go network, you have to like get to know people and like care for people and like put an effort because at the end of the day, it's all it's like I, I mean, in the film world for us, like everything that we're doing now, any collaborations or any projects, it's you're calling up somebody from another project saying, "Hey, mm-hmm. you were great to work with," you know. What do you got or whatever, yeah. you know, it's just connecting dots. Well, I um, think you kind of blazed over it, but the part I would highlight is you have to care for people. Talk about that, dude. Cause talk about that for a second. Everybody, everybody in LA is trying to, you know, hustle and get ahead and climb the ladder. And you can, you can read that right away. If you've been here for a little bit, you can see it right away when you meet somebody that they're just trying to figure out what can you do for me? What can they get out of yeah, you? Yeah. Like what yeah. value do you bring to my life? Mm-hmm. And so when you said you have to care for people, it takes, it takes a long time to build solid relationships where people trust you with work. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. So it, it did take us a bit, but we were also hustling with or without them. You know what I mean? You didn't care. You guys had the vision. You had the heart behind it. Yeah. You guys knew that you guys, this, is, this is like you, you're going to die for this. Yes. Like this and is I, what we had to do. Some of it might have been like naive because it was our very first project and yeah. it was like, 
obviously we got signed like two months after starting the band. So we had this influx of confidence of like, dude, we could, yeah, we could really go the long, the, you know. Yeah. And especially the all the, like all the, you know, the fans and everything that you guys were like all the attention that you were getting too. I'm sure that was just like, shoot. Like, yeah. I mean, a we 20 year old kid, you know, it definitely, it'll, it'll fuel you. And you know, if you don't have a good foundation or yeah. people around you that care about you, it could get to your head for sure. So did you, uh, just on that real quick, did you have, cause you know, we know Justin Bieber, you know, he had a, he had a rough patch. Uh-huh. Um, but you being a musician kind of knowing how it is, what would you say is like the key to getting out of a rough patch? Cause you mentioned a little bit, you're saying having the right people around you, mm-hmm. but I think the hardest part is the, like the introspective awareness of knowing, like, I think I need to change some things. You know what I mean? Cause if you're, you're coming across any level, obviously, you know, somebody like Justin Bieber, that's a, that's, that's the exception. That's not the rule. You right. know what I mean? Like what he's done is, ridiculous not a lot of people do that you know what i mean insane so it's it's hard to compare at that level but many people kind of get lost in like you start to get green lights in your career and you start to just run and run and run and run and it you don't realize that you you haven't stopped in you know weeks or months or years you know i mean you need people around you that you trust that have been there from when you were yourself yeah you know to just be like hey you know i think we should like go camping you know what's interesting? Um, I've noticed, and this is you know, I've I've done some you know counseling in the past, and um, and I'm definitely always trying to look within to to see what can I improve and how can I focus more on my he- mental health. But one of the things I realized just just kind of do, doing that research into myself and kind of the, doing the work is we live in a culture that it they they celebrate success, but they don't celebrate mental health. They don't celebrate like when when you know you you know they don't celebrate people getting better in a sense right it's always like if you're doing amazing from the outside you're doing great if you look great it must be great right mm-hmm. so nobody's like checking in with you and saying hey how are you actually doing you know yeah. um and it's i think in that type of environment to your point it's hard to stop saying no to all these things that are being thrown at you because right. it feels good yeah it does you success, feel, you success feel, feels you feel great known. you feel yeah. like you know you're not really known, but you're kind of known, right? Yeah. Well, it gives you a sense of worth too. Right. You know, right. people are are spending money to go see you, or spending money on product that you're putting out, or they're watching your thing, they're sharing your thing, they're, you know, telling friends about you. Like it makes you feel like you're valuable. Yeah. Because you must be worthwhile if somebody's taking the time to do all that, you know, and spend that money. And it it is it is a big trip. It is a big trip. Yeah. 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 I think the foundation, you know, of people who care about you and, you know, who don't see you for what the world sees you for, definitely. Yeah. You know, I've only gotten a small taste of that. Very small taste, but... I mean, that, that's just being humble. Yeah. Well, I, I think it, it's like... But... It's the principle of it. Yeah. You know what I mean? Whatever works here, works here. Right. You know? Right. Narrow focus, broad results. Yeah, it's... I love that. Yeah, I love that. And it's like, there's another saying, it's like, however you do any... If... um, us go, it's... How you do anything is how you do everything. Amen. It's only detail, wow. I guess. Yeah. There was, I remember we talked, just to kind of wrap up the um, the Lost Five project, You, I remember you told me about a situation that happened with kind of like the, the Mexican government, how you guys got roped into a project. Um, talk about that, dude. That was kind of a crazy story. Yeah, that is a, 
I mean, talk about something kind of falling out of the sky into your world. So we were, I guess it, it does sort of make sense why we got the opportunity because we had just won the iHeartRadio Rising Star competition. That was dope. And so we were playing all of the iHeart festivals. Um, we were sharing stages with X, Y, and Z biggest names you can probably think of. Um, Paramore? We never played with Paramore <sighs> or Bieber. Oh, Bieber. We shared a stage with Drake, U2, that's, that's crazy, 21 though. Pilots, that's crazy. Miley Cyrus. Yeah. You know, Bieber's going to be this year. I could go on. Oh, <laughs> I'm yeah. just kidding. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Anyways, <laughs> so we were we were actually in Miami for an iHeart Festival, uh, Fiesta Latina, because mm -hmm. they had just started iHeart Latino. Um, so we were at the hotel, and JP, the lead singer, his dad was living in Mexico at the time, and he's like, son, I, know, I met a guy at another guy's house who got invited like it was just this Again, rope. The whole connection thing yeah somebody knows somebody he's like i heard them talking about a new about wanting to do a campaign to bring acapulco to bring tourism back to acapulco mm -hmm. because they had been in the negative light in the news you know there was do you, a, do you remember what happened um a lot of cartel violence um you know people being hung on overpasses oh, yeah. all the heads being found in the street all the normal stuff you know just a regular happens. day in Acapulco. Happens, man. Um, and so they had like they had brought in a strong military presence into the tourist area, and they were they had invested a lot of money, kind of sold some property to foreign investors to like rebuild it and just bring it back to life and kind of have it compete a little bit more with like Cancun mm -hmm. and Tulum and the east coast of yeah. Mexico. A little power move. Yeah, Trying a little, yeah, yeah. little power move. Power to them, man. Yeah, and I'm sure. sure everybody that lives in in the state of Guerrero, which is where Acapulco is. They all benefit, yeah. you know, because it brings so many jobs. It brings right, 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 tourist right. money, you know. So we're like, this sounds awesome. He's like, they need a song. Can you guys write a song? And if if you record it or just film yourselves playing it, I can get it to the people who are making the decisions. So we go out to the pool and we just start writing this song about Acapulco. And we finished it. We sent them an acoustic recording of it on the cajon, you know. And, and it was just like green lights. Just starting to get that that same feeling green lights oh my god this dang, is happening dang you know and they flow they fly us out to acapulco uh to mexico city we do we played for the president um, that's crazy at the time that's crazy was what, what year was this 2016 yeah 16 i think that's yeah. crazy. um and you know it was like they put us in every ridiculous house in Acapulco up in the hills the whole neighborhood was guarded by the military um we were having military escorts, escorts in the car yeah, yeah. That's cool, every man. time we got in the car the song was on the radio like they were putting so much money That's into crazy, it crazy man um we filmed the music video in Acapulco um the girl in from the video was Miss Mexico at the time she was way taller than our ladies. <laughs> she was taller than all of us. Yeah, put you guys in pedestals. Yeah, so it's like you don't really film <laughs> below the knees, you know. It's a Tom Cruise situation. It was a Tom Cruise effect, <laughs> big time. Yeah. Um, but she was cool about it. Never made us feel like we were less than her. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, that was that was nuts. And I mean, to the importance of having a good lawyer, we actually owned the master on that song. Oh, so wow. it was like everything they were investing into it, we were 
going to get to keep on the back end. They, did they agree to that? Or? They agreed to it, yeah. Oh, wow. Yeah, it wasn't like we were like shady and just wrote it. You know, we were like, we'll do this, but like we want to keep the master. Because that's not something that usually happens. No. Ever. No, no, no. Especially when they, they basically commissioned us for that song. Like they, they bought the song rights, but like we kept the master. Mm-hmm. It was just just a good move. I guess it was a good thing. I mean, everybody involved benefited from it because mm-hmm. it was a big campaign. It was a successful campaign. Yeah, that's amazing. You know, I don't know what it did to Acapulco because I, I never saw anything promoted here. You know, it was just kind of like a in Mexico thing. Yeah. Um, I'm curious. I'm actually curious to Yeah, to know. I would like to see the numbers. Yeah. Can somebody get the numbers? Can we get please? that pulled up? Somebody? <laughs> cool. Anybody just, in the audience? Put please? them on the screen. Yeah. <laughs> if they're negative, don't put them. Yeah, up. we don't want to know about we'll it. We just cut this out. Keep it to yourself. Yeah. Um, but that that was yeah that was probably the biggest thing with that along with the iHeart Rising Star thing with Macy's yeah um, those are the the big moments uh, for those five so yeah. so you, you, that all happened so where's where how did how did I mean those five doesn't exist right now as far as I know no so what happened we lived together for a very long time <laughs> give me the short story there's a, yeah there's a lot of things we lived together for a long time. Um, we our manager moved in with us into our house and we lived with the manager and it was just it started to get a little it started to be a little bit too much because there's a bunch of you guys there was like what four or five in it was, guys so in the group? five band members yeah videographer lived with us producer lived with us manager and his dog lived with us um basically like a tiktok house it was a tiktok house for with music. a 55 year old man in the master Sheesh. bedroom you know um and it, yeah it was just it was a lot. Yeah. I don't want to get... A lot, I don't, a lot of... A lot... Big dynamic to deal with on a daily basis. Yeah. And it just... It really starts to take a toll on you when you don't have any moment to yourself to kind of sit back and, and just collect yourself. Right. You know? Mental health, it's, right? Honestly, yeah. Right? It really did. In all honesty, <laughs> it really did get down to that, at least for me, because I was starting to turn into somebody that I wasn't. You know what I mean? Yeah, like, yeah. I was always ready to be confrontational because you kind of had to be... Just on edge... On edge all the time. Yeah, it's like I was sacrificing a ton in my personal life to like be there and be able to be counted on. And and we all were. And then like things would happen where you're like, am I doing this for nothing? Like Mm -hmm. I'm missing out on what potentially my grandparents' last birthdays, you know? Mm -hmm. Like I'm, you know, missing out on trips back to Argentina with my whole family, you know? I haven't gone back in 10 years um, to be there. And it's like, do I want to do this? Because whatever the situation is, and I started to think about this, like if we get a hit song, if we start, if you inject money and fame into this, what's going to happen? Because mm. it's those things like they, they just elevate what's already there. You know what I mean? So if there is a lot of like confrontation and bitterness and, and you know, on edge and kind of power trips and ego trips within us, it's like, you give everybody a bunch of money and influence and eyes on them, like it's probably not going to get any better. You know, it's probably wow. not going to go away. Wow. So I, I had to really think about, do I want to do the, it that way? You know? And it just, I, I had to say no. Dude, that's a huge, hey, yeah. let I, me just highlight how big of a moment that is. Like you're living with your band members, you got a lot on the line. Everyone's there for one vision, but then you're starting to feel like, I don't know if this is really working, but then at the same time, I'm not a quitter. I don't mm-hmm. want to just walk away from this because everyone worked so hard to get here. Right. 
right all the hype and i mean the work that you guys put in and all the hype that was already there it's like th- there's momentum already going right and this is an interesting situation to be in because i feel like so many people get to this moment and they don't get out mm-hmm. they just convince themselves that i'm not a quitter so i'm gonna i'm gonna stay in this environment this potentially toxic environment right yeah so where's that line how, how what made you fully decide to just like eject and and kind of like dip out there's a couple things um i had been trying to organize with the guys to get new management so getting the lawyers set up and make sure our paperwork was all set because the management situation was like the number one stress factor in the house Mm -hmm. um we were being micromanaged you know what i mean it was like we didn't really have much control of what we wanted to do in our spare time. So that was a red flag. You're like, that's happening right now. I'm not okay with this. Yeah. Something has to change or else. Right, exactly. And so those conversations amongst the band members were had a lot. And it just always kind of came short. There was an instance where we had a meeting with a lawyer, powerful industry lawyer who we got hooked up with through um, a songwriter that was really wanted to help us kind of get into a new situation Mm -hmm. and a couple days before that meeting um one of the band members told our manager hey we're gonna have this meeting uh with this lawyer because of this songwriter and that was all that needed to be said for him to be like i know exactly what's gonna happen at that meeting because i know that that songwriter has a huge issue with me Mm. you know what i mean and why are you guys going to a lawyer we have a lawyer shoot and so that was heartbreak for me because it's like dude we were so close to making like a big play here to make this like good again you know um so that 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 really that took my spirit took a big hit on that one because i i felt like you want to stay in this you know right you work so hard exactly but and you want to stay you know in this same toxic situation um so that's kind of where I started to think maybe I need to just think about what my life is outside of those five. So then what, what did yeah. you do? So I found my own lawyer um, and just had them drop the paperwork and, and read everything to make sure that I was good. Because his manager would have to represent me across everything. Anything that I ever wanted to do, he would get his share of and mm-hmm. he could, you know, confirm or deny whether I could do it or not. Right. So I wanted, to, I wanted to know that everything was good on my end, you know, whatever timeline was there. And it turns out that right when I started talking to this lawyer, it was like, it was in that month of when the contract expired. Mm. So we were, we found ourselves at an audition in downtown Disney to be a cover band dressed in like Disney outfits, like overalls and a bow tie and whatever. Wow. And I was like, this is so far. This is not what I signed up for. This is not what I signed up for. Like, I, I thought we were going to be artists and we were going to do something unique. And we mm. were going to, and now because we could make an extra, you know, right. 200 became, bucks became a week. Money now, really. Yeah. While the manager stays in the house and collects his 20%, and we have to drive from Santa Clarita all the way to Anaheim. You know, and back to play an eight-hour set of covers. We got to learn covers. We got to figure out the instrumentation. We, 
uh, we're never we're never gonna have our to own show audience, again to an audience you can care less about who's just walking past right they didn't you know listen, yeah that was the nail in the coffin for me and after that audition so i did the audition after it i in the parking lot i told them that this was the end of the road for me um i told the manager i don't i'm not i won't need your help anymore and he just walked away he just left i wow. literally never talked to him again that's crazy and then i talked to the guys for a good like two hours after that and it was sort of like pressure was released mm. a little bit you know what i mean like everybody was like whoa that's crazy it's actually happening and we still had a bunch of shows we had a tour lined up for the rest of that year and i was like oh, obviously i'm gonna do the tour but he's not coming the manager yeah and this was so like bittersweet because that was the most fun i ever had in the entire five six years that we were in the band was that last that last tour that we went on because it was just us and, wow. it, and so yeah that was it like gave a lot of hope like we could do this just us you know and um singer went his own way tried to get a deal you know and so it was like okay i guess i guess we're not gonna do it that's so, crazy dude yeah i just had to accept it on that oh, wow what a rant dude, no dude that's <laughs> i feel like i i've been like reliving it as i'm saying it good yeah <laughs> maybe bad but yeah um we'll, uh -huh. do, we'll provide therapy after yeah this. thank you you need the ptsd in another room <laughs> um but so man that's crazy so you you went through all that and now you're like i know what not to do yeah <laughs> you know, definitely so, so you, yeah you learn all those things and you kind of went your separate way then you had a period where we met probably that mm -hmm. was around the time kind of right when you kind of walked away yeah within like probably a few years yeah it was it ended in 2000 at the at, basically at the start of 2018 is when it ended yeah um and i didn't start this new project until mid 2019 so talk to me about that what how how did you inject yourself into this new project how was it created how was it birthed it was um, me and the guitar player from the band towards those end moments of the band him and i started writing just him and i which is something that had never happened it was like if we were ever going to write we're writing together you just felt it some sort of energy there we just clicked something yeah we wanted to do something different you know because it was like the band was such a such a thing we wanted to do something more urban something that was fun we wanted to just you know and there's less people involved i'm sure it was easier yeah and we were starting to produce and learning how to do that and we like built a vocal booth in the garage and that kind of caused a little bit of tension, but it built, it really built, like, it solidified the relationship between me and the guitar player, Ish, mm -hmm. who's now my, mm -hmm. my partner in Missionaries. Mm -hmm. Yeah, tell me, tell me about the, tell me about the name uh, Missionaries and kind of what it, what it means and kind of the heart it, behind it. It's, uh, it's a couple of things. And so him and I always were in the same room. We slept in the same bunk bed. He had the top bunk, I had the bottom Basically one. brothers. We were, we were brothers. Like we were each other's spirit animal. You know, we were soul sisters. Um, and so everybody called us Mish, Matt and Ish. We were always together. So it was like, you know how you like, used to be a thing where you like ship people. They're right. You know? Right. Like, uh, I, I do remember those times. Yeah. Probably One Direction world. Yep. Um, so they called us Mish. And man, I, I remember one night we were just like, we were thinking about, man, if we did this like, you know, faceless artist project, you know, what would it be called? And like Mish and Ish and Reezy mission, missionaries, hey. missionaries. And it's like, dude, travel and spread the word, you know? 
And That's so, so dope. we're like, but we have to spell it cool or else it's missionaries, you know, so whatever. Yeah. But like, so we put a money sign in there hey, and took out bro. some vowels. You gotta, put, <laughs> you, know? you gotta do that, bro. Just gotta, made it sick. You gotta say fresh. Yeah. Make it look yeah, yeah. drippy. Right. Yeah. So we started, we started actually writing and producing for other artists. That was like, let's be a, let's be a writing, songwriting production duo. And so like we. Ghost, ghost writers. Yeah, pretty much. So we did that for, I don't know a year and a half um and in that time we started to kind of like find a sound and what we'd hear back from labels and publishing companies was like this is great but it i can't have anybody that sings this this is so this sounds like you guys well you guys should just put it out mm. and we kept hearing that and it's frustrating because you're like i don't want to put it out i want you to put it out yeah you know? can you do your job yeah can, can you, you do your do job, your job and just have your artist sing it They're Come like, on. Well, this doesn't make sense for them i have nothing that no artist that sounds in this lane so finally, we're like, let's just do it. Oh, no, we have to start another project. Uh, so initially, we wanted to have like masks or be faceless and have this like kind of Daft Punk. Pull like a Sia vibe. Yeah, exactly. To where it could be timeless. You yeah, know, yeah. if we die, somebody else steps in and the project goes forever. You know, which that's cool. I wish they would have done that with Daft Punk. I thought that's what was going to happen. Yeah. No, but quickly, very shortly after, we were like, the masks aren't going to work. Like, how are we going to do that? Singing on stage and what kind of mask are we going to have? And like, is it always going to be the same mask? And like, let's just too many variables. Man. Let's just not wear a let's mask. Be simple guys. Come let's on. just be our face. Yeah. We'll keep it indie. You know, it'll be, it'll be fun. Let's just have fun. And that's kind of how it started. So we put our first song. It's cool. We kept writing, put our second one, third one, fourth one. Um, and then quarantine happened. And so we just, we just wrote with the idea of when COVID goes away and everything opens back up, so what we thought was 2021, we're going to drop a song a month for the whole year mm -hmm. and do kind of the Russ approach of he dropped the song a week for like two years straight. That's crazy. It's a lot, Russ. But it's Russ, props, dude. Just chill, bro. Yeah. <laughs> just, on, man. just relax, Give us dude. a chance, man. Yeah, for real. Leave some for the rest Come of us. On, bro. No, so we thought, okay, we, what we can do, though, is like a song a month. We'll push each song. Uh -huh. They'll be, we'll treat them like just marketing assets you know what i mean the song is what's gonna allow us to do a video it's gonna allow us to do photos mm -hmm. it's gonna allow us to do shirts and campaign so don't overthink it just put it out yeah pew, 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 pew. yeah pop them out that's right yeah so that's that's what we've been doing now and we we initially started very spanglish um and we realized it's really hard to get playlisting when you're a no-name artist in mixing languages now if you're bad bunny and drake no Chilling. issue Chilling. you're good every playlist yep. obviously obviously you know justin bieber singing despacito you're good you know but yeah, it works yeah for some reason it but works. It, it, it's we found it hard to get those playlists because the spanish place would be like it's too much english english place would be like it's too much spanish which could easily be code for like we don't like your song pretty much which is okay <laughs> right? fine so fine. i'll we'll, give you one with no english how's that and now we we've we've actually garnered quite a bit of support from Spotify. Been getting a lot of playlist support. Um, Congrats on that, man! Thank you, dude. You guys got thank featured you. on the um, Fresh Finds. Yeah, Fresh Finds. Yeah, they even put us on the cover. It's huge, man. Yeah, I think it was because the picture is cool and it matched their aesthetic. <laughs> but hey, might have done that on purpose. But you know, to each their own, man. Yeah, as long as if it, it works, if it works, it works. If it works, it works. It's so dude. funny, right? It's usually like the the most random things that can help an artist hit a nerve and something I'm telling you it's crazy yeah. that's why 
you know, you just got to keep putting stuff out. You just got to keep doing stuff. You yeah. Know, being consistent. Dude, you're always a song away, in my opinion. <sighs> yeah. Which is whatever it's, it's, for whatever it's worth you're always one it's song a good away. perspective though because at any point even if you put out something that is trash it could go viral let's be real you know what i mean how many songs have gone viral trash obviously but i'm gonna try not to but yeah to each their own so <laughs> but actually to that point real quick um i've heard this in a movie like this girl was like trying to write a script and it was so hard for her to write the script and somebody in the movie her mentor was like just write the shittiest script and just finish it mm-hmm. just do it Right, because most of the time people don't finish it. Yeah, and she did, and it was good. Nice, and it turned into a movie. It turned into a movie. No way. Yeah, and that this movie. This was this was <laughs> in a movie about a movie. <laughs> oh, so, <okay. laughs> so to you know, basically, like I love the fact that you guys were just like doing stuff, putting it out, and things like started happening. Yeah. Right. You got that. What yeah. else? What else happened through that uh, time? Man, we uh, we got as a production team, we got a, a few cuts. Ish actually produced um some of the the first drake bell songs that came out in full spanish um no way yeah thanks to melanie fontana Dude, for hooking heard, that I up heard that. he's going by drake campana now dang campana is bell in spanish so that dude's dang. i don't know what he's drake up to bell. i don't i've never met him don't know anything about him don't support or deny him wow but that's that's what happened ish has actually been super super killing it um he's got a few songs coming out where he's he's produced for artists that I'm not allowed to say. Yeah. But it, it's... Big artists. Big. Like, yeah. A-list stuff. Justin Bieber. No, no not quite. Oh. Maybe soon. Justin Bieber featuring missionaries. <laughs> hey, speak it into existence, bro. <laughs> Dude, I'm trying to. Yeah. Because if you're going to dream, you might as well dream big. Dude. You know what I mean? Yes. What's the point of dreaming mediocre? Dude, speaking of dreams, what's what's the dream, bro? <laughs> so one day we'll be uh, one day we'll be watching you know we'll be watching this yeah you know 10 years you Man. put in your second 10 years second That's round right. what where what's the dream bro the like right now it. honestly the dream if we're gonna dream yeah i, we're gonna I dream. want us to win uh a grammy for best new artist a latin grammy for best new what artist. date is it today it's april 21st 2021 april 21st 2021 all right i give you max two years okay because you can only win that once. You know what I mean? So that that's one that like you're I will die happy you're if close, I die but on you've my been, way home. You've been cooking Grammys. for a while now. I think I think it's it's around the corner. Dude, the f- nice and tender. Dude, the flavor's it. immaculate. I feel it for you guys, man. <laughs> Thank you, dude. I feel it. Thank you. We're, we really we really are trying to like take it serious. Obviously, we learned a lot in the whole time that we've been here. Our manager was very smart. He he taught us a ton. Yeah. He sometimes was his own worst enemy. So we learned from that. You right, know what I mean? Right. So we're building a team with the with the knowledge. I mean, we pretty much went to like industry college, you know, right. in the five years that we were in that group. So we're we Which feel is the best kind of college to go through. Yeah, it's on the job training. You know what I mean? It's real life, real life lessons. Um, so we do feel like we're adequately paced, and we're just we're focused. We know what needs to be done, how it needs to be done, what kind of team we need to build, what kind of resources we need to have in order to make this happen even still being independent you Mm -hmm. know our budget is close to zero but we are bringing value to the people who are bringing value to us so there are equal exchanges so what are things that you guys are doing practically right now to to what you're saying um one we're producing writing recording our own music i think that's a huge money saver if you can learn how to produce put in the five years that it might take, do yeah. it. Cause you'll save 
thousands and thousands and thousands of dollars. Sessions are expensive, dude. Oh, yeah. I don't think I've ever paid to rent out a studio and have an engineer, you know? Because that was just... Well, you personally didn't, but your, but your last label did, right? Uh, no, because they did everything for with everyone on spec, so for free. It was like, mm, you'll get paid on the back end. So it, that was also it, right. a kind of a hurdle, because people were like, oh, that song never came out, so I worked on it, and you guys never paid me. And we're like... Yeah, that's sorry. Oh snap! Yeah, we're still broke. Snap, right? We're good, right? Let's go. Yeah, bro. yeah. So we're we're we kind of know how to do it, guerrilla style, yeah. indie, you know, underground from the streets. Um, so so recording your own stuff. Yes. Um, work with your friends, honestly. Yeah. You know what I mean. You're there's uh, there's circumstances where you might not get top to your product. But you're doing it with your friends. They're getting better. As you're getting better, you're building something together with someone you can trust. You know what I mean? And as the projects go on and you continue to collaborate, like you start to develop each other's mm-hmm. brands as well. Right, you know? right. Um, Flex those muscles. Yeah, which is what we're doing right now. Um, one of my best friends and Isha's cousin, Hector Rodriguez, director H, and his partner, Fidel, they are like the dream team for us. In terms and of what video? In terms of video and so, production, so. yeah. So Hector is the director, Fidel is DP, Amazing. and Fidel pretty much is helping us produce. He's got all the gear that you you could think of. That's perfect, you know? dude. Um, and so we get we try and find the most killer locations, come up with the most killer concepts, and and rent a killer car. You know, whether like a DeLorean, for example. Yeah, dude. Yeah, that video is <laughs> sick. Was, By the way, dude, you guys got to check out that video. That was a lot we'll, of fun. We'll throw in the, the link in the description. But yeah. That was um, a sick video. So just so that everybody walks away with great piece of, I hate to call it content because I feel like it's more than that. It's just a great piece of work. Yeah. Let's use you that word. I mean? Work. Exactly. Content. And so together yeah. we're building a body of work. Yeah. You know what it's I mean? It's intentional. It's intentional work. It's not just like we're doing content to, to do content, right? Exactly. It's, we're creating something beautiful that we actually care about. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so, you know, obviously it is expensive to have to compete in the industry, you know, when there's major label money that you have to kind of figure out a way around mm-hmm. or do things that they, maybe they, they can't do. Um, but you just got to be willing to lose, honestly. Wow. That's, wow, dude. That's that. I'll chalk it up to that. I'll chalk it up to Dang, that. Bro. You gotta be willing to lose, or else you're not gonna win, dude. Jeez. So. Everyone's like putting everything on the line, and they're not willing to lose it. Holding yeah. on to it. Right. That means you're not gonna go all the way, you know. Or you'll quit before you lose, so that you can save face. Every imagine, shot. Every shot you don't take. Yeah. Imagine if Elon Musk had quit the first time that he lost everything. Dude. Come on, man. Come on. <laughs> so to somebody that. Wants to get into music and wants to do what you're doing right now mm-hmm. and everything that you learned. What what is like two pieces of advice you would give to them to the people that are listening right now? Like right now, what's something they should do like today to get to to where you are now? I would say get to know yourself. Like f- first and foremost, figure out who you are, what you want to do, how you express yourself, what is it that you're expressing, and then start to develop that. Invest in in your invest time in your craft. Get good at what you do. Practice, um, but definitely figure out who you are, because it. This is probably a cliche, but like if you don't know who you are, someone else will tell you who you should be. And talk about that, bro. Yeah. 
like Talk about that that'll that will will happen a hundred percent because everybody in the industry knows what you should do you know what i mean from the outside in they're like oh you make music what kind oh you should do this and you should dress like that and you should probably stop doing That's this so deep, dude and everybody has these opinions but like you first and foremost figure out who you are because then you'll know who gets it and who doesn't you know what i mean the people that are like oh i i see what you're doing and you could expand on that you know here's an idea but the people are like oh you like you make rock music you should you should make like mm, <laughs> they get all disco they get house all, yeah you know yeah and if you don't know who you are you're just gonna you'll be like oh okay yeah you you're think that'll work just do it'll everything. work yeah or like we'll sign you but you're gonna we're gonna write all your music produce everything for you and it'll be this type of stuff and, Dude, and we'll dress you and tell you what to say that's there's so much there i feel yeah. like i feel like LA is one of those cities where it's like you're either going to do that or you're going to really find out who you are. Mm-hmm. I feel like most people here, they're just going with the flow. Yeah. Well, that's why I think it takes 10 years, you know, for obviously there's exceptions, but the people that make it in their when they're 18, 19, 20, like that's not the rule. Those are, you know, complete exceptions. The rule here is like you work hard for a long time. Yeah. Dedicate your entire sacrifice your 20s to what you love. <sighs> And then in your 30s, you'll start to really, really see that come into play. And it'll be a long-term thing because nobody's going to own you. You know what I mean? Because you built it from the ground up. It wasn't just given to you, built already. Why do people think like that? Like, well, why do they want everything cause it's easy. right away? It's easy. It doesn't require sacrifice, you know? It's like, what is it like? <laughs> it's like someone just handing you a finished toy. But, like, if that toy breaks, you don't know how to you didn't, you didn't fix work, it. You didn't work for it. Yeah. Or like they just you hand you a Lambo, you, you know, yeah. you got to change the oil in the Lambo. You're like, I don't even know how to pop the hood. Yeah. Well, the motors in the back. I don't know. You're like what? Yeah. But Damn. you know, you work for it. First you had a Honda, then you had, you got to work up to you it. Know, yeah. A Jeep. <laughs> no, no Jeep. No Jeep okay. for you? No Jeep. Jeep's dope. Jeep's dope. Jeep's are pretty Jeep's fresh. Are cool. Yeah. They're cool. Those new pickup Jeeps are oh, pretty Oh, those awesome. are pretty fresh actually. Yeah. When they're like souped up. Yeah. That's Is that bad. your next purchase? I don't know. I like old school cars. I'd rather like buy an old car and have it refurbished. Yeah. yeah. DeLorean. Yeah. Or something. They're kind of slow. Believe it or not. It's cool. That's why you got friends. You just push, <laughs> yeah, you just, just, just push you. Just rent yeah, your DeLorean. For sure. For sure. <laughs> yeah. Bro. Freaking sick, dude. Thank you. Thank you for coming on and just, and just chatting. Absolutely. Chatting man. about everything, everything you got going on. What, what can people, uh, how can people support you right now? You got, you know, you're working on music. Mm-hmm. You know, you guys are doing TikToks full time. Mm-hmm. Um, what do you got coming up that people can support? Um, where can people find you? Uh, well, any way that you would support an independent artist. Following interaction, stream the music. You can find us everywhere as missionaries, spelled M-I-S-H-N-R-Z. On all platforms, we're everywhere. Um, we are putting out, like I said, we're putting out a song a month. What people can expect from us moving forward is just witnessing the development of this missionaries universe that we're trying to build. It's amazing, we, we want to have somewhere where fans or just people who like one song can just get completely enveloped in this universe. And then as they're making their way from song to song to video to video to posts to you start to see Easter eggs from these things. Yeah, it's an entire thing, you know? I, I want missionaries to be, to become event, this like interdimensional traveling group, you know? So sick. We're, we're, 
we're gonna put out a comic book kind of explaining the underlying story from song to song to video to video wow and and what we're actually pursuing in all of that so we it's so much more than just songs you know like this this for me is is an art project that's amazing you know which is what i've i've never gotten to do that before to actually curate and creative direct and just build something from the ground up in this way and that's what we're doing now so we're willing to lose it all on this because this is just a manifestation from what's inside us you know bro from what i've seen like the brand is so strong like everything is so consistent and everything you guys put out music the social media stuff it's very intentional you guys gotta check it out but it's like there's a brand there like when you see it when you see a missionary's post or you hear a song like you just know it's like okay yeah where's the main focus is for it to be cohesive it has to everything has to click together that's so cool and yeah, I didn't know man. that you guys want to do like a whole like universe and comic book. That's yeah, that's sick, dude. Nineties kids, that's man. different. <laughs> I mean, that's different, man. And I think like with the with where social media is headed right now, I think like that's crucial. People want to be a part of a story rather than just being content being thrown at them. Mm-hmm. Like they want something that's like, what can I follow? Um, you know, what, what kind of story can I follow, and how can I find myself within that story? Yeah, yeah. The narrative is key, man. And that that's something that I think TikTok has brought into social media one because tiktoks with a good narrative like a captivating story go crazy people kids in high school with t-shirt brands or that make a cool piece of art out of old vinyls like it blows up because people love to see the story and they love to be behind it that so we want it to be more than just oh here's a picture and here's a song and here's a music video and nothing is connected to each other so dope dude you know we kind of like a marvel universe you know so dope dude a fifth movie comes out and it makes sense of a scene in the first movie it's a franchise that's how that's how we're planning everything it's a franchise. out exactly missionaries wow franchise drop the mic <laughs> thank you ladies and gentlemen. bro well dude <laughs> seriously stoked for you guys thank you congratulations man. all the success that you guys are already getting and i'm sure there's thank gonna you. be so much more after this and especially when you go on tour and stuff like that so bro i'm, I'm really stoked for you Stuck for you guys. Thank and, you, brother. Uh, thank you for having me. This is awesome. Thank you. Thank you for coming out, man. I, I don't get. To, I don't talk about myself <laughs> for this long. That often. This is perfect, bro. Yeah. So. Just when just when my mom asked me how I'm doing. <laughs> <laughs> well, now you can tell her. Yeah. They're like, hey, when are you gonna get a job? I'm like, mom, <laughs> the missionaries universe. You need to understand what I'm doing here. That's so funny. Just yeah. send her this, and she'll be like, yeah. Right. Like, mom, I just hear this. Is, just just hold watch you. this. I, that's it. Yeah. Oh, mm-hmm. my mom will definitely watch this. So. Hi, Mom. Hi, Matt's mom. Yeah. <laughs> bro, I appreciate you. Thank Love you, man. Bro, and, and, uh, Thank you so much for congrats. having me, man. Yeah, bro. I see your talent, bro. 